Hello everybody. This is the Value Line Observer by the Value Guys. I'm a little bit under the weather. Uh, this is under the weather Val Hughes and uh, Vern Value. Vern of Value, my and partner. I'm, I'm on top of the weather. Oh, perfect. Uh, you know, we're uh, 25 year veteran Wall Street analysts. Uh, every week we go underground to bring you our candid views on Value Line's weekly stock picks. You've seen our faces on TV. Uh, you've seen us quoted in the newspaper, but our bosses would never allow us to provide our uh, candid views. So we disguise our voices and uh, sometimes get colds to further uh, disguise our voices and uh, present you Value Line's uh, views each week and our own take on what looks attractive. This week we're looking at the November 10th, 2006 uh, Value Line Investment Survey. And I'm going to be back uh, toward the back half of the show. With uh, they did a lot of retailers this week, Vern, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. And and things that are in the retailer. So it's uh, you know it's retailer. it's stuff you've all seen and you know about and you've passed on the street. Uh, but there's a few here you might not be familiar with. I'm going to be back a little later with something called Unify Dollar General, which you probably know, and uh, something called Williams Sonoma. But first, mm. let me introduce. In, Vern con in contrast, value. With, in contrast yes. with last week, there's actually um, a lot of stuff that. Remember, we talked about you know the constellation effect, whether there's a lot of stars or not. And Value yeah. Line likes a. There's they a lot like of stocks. They oh, like and, this, and a lot so, of them are I mean, expensive, and they've been. Moved. Well, and you got you get a lot of. I, I mean, I looked at a lot of their number ones, and as is commonly the case, uh, there's stocks that have had a lot of momentum, price momentum recently. Well, I actually own some of their um, number ones, but coach, I own them when they were number um, fours. They're guess, hard to recommend now. Steve Madden. I mean, these have been great stocks. Don't get me wrong, but I just—they're not something we can look at. What do we got? We have apparel industry, retail, auto parts. Uh, Shoes, um, special lines, which is a huge space. Basically, anybody that's in retailing almost. And um, electric utilities, and they have too. Some uh, keep the lights on. Yeah, well, they but need I don't to think keep... we're going to talk about those. Uh, not today. Uh, what I'm going to talk about first is uh, actually my favorite idea this week, which is Timberland, a shoe company. No, I own that. I do actually own that. You do? Yes, I do. Oh. It was up 8% uh, Friday, oh. today. Oh, well... Thanks for yeah, interjecting Yeah, you should have that. checked that. It's really around 30. Uh, well, do you mind no. if I just go with uh, Please do. what I'm working with I mean, it's still a buy. I'm not selling it's it. It's a $29 stock. We can you know, we can adjust for a dollar or something. Um, value line rates at five. Interesting, isn't that? Um, well, they've had a lot of problems. Have they? Uh, you got your leather prices up. You've Manufacturers got... and markets footwear, apparel, and accessories for everybody. Footwear, 76% of sales. Apparel, the balance, international, forty-four percent. Lots of stores. They've had style 42 problems. Forty-two percent from the wholesale business, so that's selling shoes to other retailers, to department right? stores, and yeah, stuff. Okay. And there have been big European duties here that cost them some gross margin last year. That's why some of the comparisons. Uh, but up. it apparently is, you know, a matter of pennies um, uh, per share, and this company's doing. What I you know the the average level of earnings per share two years back two years forward a couple bucks so doesn't look to me the that big of an issue. Well, they're um, doing something else too. They felt their brand was overexposed, so they're taking their uh, uh, you know their their trademark shoe 
uh, well, I think with the orange bottom, and they've taken it out of like two thirds of their stores. They're purposely reducing sales ah, to reinstill to okay. a uh, premium. Yes, premium yes, exactly. So that's happening this year. The point is, if you're looking well, can at I, that, can I, can I get? Yeah, let me. Let me and then you do. Can, I mean, you can come in after. Okay? I, I don't How's even that? know much about um, t- <laughs> the. Uh, the uh, uh, PE seventeen six little under market according to Value Line eleven times their cash flow measure looks to me about thirteen to fourteen times free cash flow. It's not as cheap as we like to see for a stock, but this is it as Val's pointing out. This is a stock with with brand, um, an important brand in the space. I'm also uh, um, I'm heartened not just that you own it. But yeah. Royce apparently owns six percent of the company too, and uh, anytime I see them owning a lot of something, I know that it's at least they they do their homework. They've it's done a sound nice property, job. right? I was looking at uh, the sales line. You know, they sales per share back to nineteen ninety, um, absolute sales back to ninety six. Not a down year. Um, the return on capital profile moves around a lot year to year. I'm looking at a range since '97 between 17 and almost 40 percent. It's well managed, you know. But you know, it looks like 20-ish where it is now is nothing more than sort of typical or maybe even normal. Um, Value Line points out what you were talking about. They've had some challenges in terms of um, earnings comparisons on a quarterly basis. Uh, there's some mention here in Value Line. You were talking about the material cost thing, which they mentioned. There's also some uh, excess inventory level issues and some price discounting that Value Line says has been lessening. I put that with the rising material cost issue and consider them sort of temporary. They may be temporary for a year or something, well, but ultimately will uh, pass. You know, they're doing something right now to reposition the stores, and so things are moving around and gross margins are a little bit Focus you know, is being placed right on now. consumer segmentation and brand development. So right. this is exactly what you were talking it's about. It's a transitional year to the future. Sales Absolutely. growth to accelerate by the second half of 07. This sounds to me like a great time to be buying the stock. Well, and once this Europe thing's out of the way, the retail footprint in Europe is going to start to grow a lot. They've got a lot of running room. 1.8 billion market cap, so it's not tiny. Uh, there is no debt. Uh, there's a little bit of cash. Um, I come up with enterprise value then adjusted more like 1.7 billion. EBITDA, uh, assuming a 12% operating margin, kind of the average between 06 and 07 on a billion six of revenue, gives me uh, around 225. I'm less than eight times enterprise value, and I get a I get a brand, and I get a uh, discount uh, for what looks like you know you know generally um, manageable issues. Stock's been going sideways to down for two years, uh, despite the terrific long-term track record. So I like that. Um, I compared it to Wolverine after going through the entire industry yeah. trying to find something else I could uh, you know, also recommend to go with it maybe. Um, this symbol is WWW, so I guess they're in the wrong business. Value line rates it higher at a 3. Uh, this one's a little above 19 times earnings at a similar kind of stock price level, 29 bucks. Um, little premium to the market, but it does have a little bit of yield. This stock's been on a tear. Basically... Um, you know, mostly straight up since 2002. At 29 is, uh, I mean, 28.36 according to Value Line is uh, less than two dollars away from its all-time high, uh, which it looks like it has occurred sometime in the last couple of months. I find down comparisons on the sales per share line in the early, mid, and late 90s 
Not since then. Is this they have um, some brand, right? Hush puppies or something. Fourteen like times cash flow, sixteen times. So I'm just trying to first I want to position that it's it's a little more expensive, but maybe it's got a better growth profile, maybe something more powerful to the story. They have hush puppies. And according to Value Line, there's a continuing rebound in the profitability of that brand going on at Wolverine. They also have Merrill. Uh, besides the Wolverine brand, they also have Merrill. And according to Value Line, they're working on launching a line of apparel, uh, Merrill Apparel. Hmm. Nice. <laughs> Sounds like uh, I don't know. I'm thinking 1960s game shows for some reason. But um, Carol Merrill. That was Carol, Carol Merrill. Merrill. Was she right. a presenter? Or yes, something she like was. That? Okay, she very was. Good. good memory. Thank you. Um, uh, so I, you know, there, there's some powerful brands here as well. But according to the description, this is the company that owns the global rights to market footwear under the Caterpillar and Harley-Davidson brands, names. So in other words, although I don't know how much of their business is uh, driven by those two, we both know that Caterpillar shoes have been you know, a big, big hit, I think especially abroad. But my observation is they don't own all the brands. They don't own the brands driving all of the business as Timberland does. Well, um, I got I a 1.6 billion market cap here. Um, there is a little bit of debt, but essentially neutralized by cash. Um, so 1.6 billion. I've got EBITDA of about 180 million here. You know, kind of looking at it the same way as Timberland. So more like nine times. Um, they've uh, been on a great roll. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I, Timberland's easily the. Uh, yeah, I think easily the better pick. Could be paired with it. You know, long short. Well, here, listen. You know, Why? these shoe companies. Yeah. Forever had to be built around distribution I'm not and, a shoe and inventory. Expert. Let me well, that. shoe companies go down all the time. There was this Edison Brothers, you know, in St. Louis, uh, Genesco, which I'm looking at here, similar, they have a lot of shoe stores. You were you know, Wolverine has shoe stores. What the industry used to have to do was have a lot of sizes and a lot of distribution and all that and brands were maybe a little secondary. All these firms have lots of different brands and they try to have distribution. The internet has killed that model because you can just go to the internet and there's infinite number of brands and sizes Size and all and that. And, and, uh, and so brand becomes more important, in my opinion. Timberland, one of the things that makes that great is it's one brand, one shoe. It has a point of view to the consumer. It's reaching out to you emotionally. You know, where you get them, you don't care. You can get them on the internet. You can get them in the department store. You can get them in a Timberland. How you get them becomes less important and what you get becomes more important. And, you know, I have Genesco here. It's a great old company. I was looking at it. And yeah. It's just, uh, you know, they have 1,700 retail stores in a world where I'm a click away from Is ordering that the one that a owns shoe. Payless? They own uh, Johnston and Murphy. It's yeah. a good shoe, okay. but I can buy it online. Right. Uh, they have uh, Nautica Wholesale, Jarman, or Jamin. It's a Jarman. Uh, they, but they have 1,700 shoe stores around. You know, yeah. they're not all Johnson and Murphy. That's a different thing. So I think, uh, I think you're onto it with that Timberland. Hmm. Burn. That's my uh, Of course, you know, we did we did mention that sometimes we have vested interests in how the stocks we talk about. Well, I own Timberland, right? and yeah. there's a reason. I think they've got the model for a world where you don't And I'd like to be on the stores. record. I didn't know that when I selected this stock to talk about. Oh, are you recommending it? Yes, Timberland. Oh, so oh, am I. absolutely, yeah. But Wolverine, you're not. I'm not recommending okay. Wolverine. Well, then I'm we're on the same page, it, it, You know, to draw the contrast, why Timberland a better yeah. idea, and... 
to provide a long short uh, pair it's for beautiful. those that like you know to hedge perfect. some of their. Um, <laughs> the uh, the third one I've got this week is something called Quicksilver. I've never heard of it before. Um, it has the coolest ticker symbol ZQK. That's a new one. I used to own that one too. They make uh, surf uh, surf value line rates as three. Yeah, surfwear, beachwear, snow company, snowboard wear. Yeah. Not that they're segmenting the market finer and finer these days, but uh, and ski equipment yeah, and apparel. That was for, an acquisition. Primarily for young men and women. Secondarily for <laughs> yeah. old men and women that want to look like young men outfit, and women. Exactly. Yeah. Um, they have the brand, I guess Quicksilver, Roxy, and DC Shoes are kind of like core surf and skate lines that the value line says i, I they also own hawk i think is uh, probably tony, tony hawk. hawk yeah, yeah. Um, us less than half of uh, sales europe 40% asia 12 so um, you know well developed business incorporated in california in 1976 they just bought rossignol ski yeah so this is similar to the timberland thing where you've got short term investment in you know the next stage of growth for the company and it's created some discontinuity in uh, in uh, earnings performance. Looks like they have one more comparison in the January quarter that Value Line thinks is going to be down, but then you know steadily positive after that. Short-term integration costs. Their golf unit, Cleveland, has been weak. Um, but here again, Value Line they're going to offer. They're going to launch a, uh, a hmm. an apparel line for Rosignol. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, are expecting that to pick up sometime in 07. Well, if that's what's happening, that means there's investment spending to position and launch the line now. That they're not really talking about it, but that would be compounding the integration cost issue, which is temporary. Well, again. they sell design and they're good at it. You know, this is a $14 stock, right around a market multiple. Um, the stock traded 18 last year. That's probably before the Rossignol deal became known, but. Uh, it's below uh, highs established each of the last three years. Um, return on capital uh, weaker now, but that's because they've levered up to make this acquisition. Historically, low to mid teens. There's something very else going on, I think, there. too, Vern, which is that uh, Federated Department Stores now owns all the department stores, yeah. and so all these vendors to department stores have had a little bit of a hit to margin, and they may be trying to evolve, you know, their own retail. A, a little more aggressively to combat that, hmm. but there's something okay. going on over the last year or two in that area. Okay. Well, their margin performances. I mean, I'm sure you're right. I'm not disputing it. I just noticed that operating margin, kind of historically in a 11 to 13 yeah. range, 12 and a half last couple of years down now. I assume again we're talking about Rossignol being the primary Can issue. Be, yeah. um, I've got a billion seven again, another mid cap name, billion seven of equity market cap. A lot of debt, almost a billion dollars, close to half capital. Ouch. That's your Rossignol uh, acquisition. But at an enterprise value of $2.7 billion, I've got combined EBITDA of about $350 million in what has been, at least to this point, pretty stable business. Um, mm-hmm. And the three fifty, again, I'm arriving at by kind of using a combination of 06, 07. I'd say normalized, it's a higher number than that. So right now, around eight times EBITDA, again, with some good brands and uh, some short-term um, earnings issues. And uh, I think it looks uh, pretty interesting. Well, Riskier well, than Timberland because of the financial leverage, of course. But um, assuming that I'm right and the basic business model is fairly stable, then uh, that becomes a source of uh, 
incremental earnings growth. Rosignol turns around, so you get the leverage on that, plus you pick up the uh, impact of the accelerated cash flow applied to debt and deleveraging. So Quicksilver, but uh, still like Timberland's favorite idea, TBL. And with that, I'm about to oop, turn it over to Val Hughes. Oh, great. I can barely speak. Get it. I get it. I get it. I got it from my kid. That's where I got it from. Got it. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to uh, try to be brief, although I'm never very good at that. But uh, uh, And I hope you don't turn off the show because of my voice. But anyway. Some people would probably say I it's know. kind of sexy. Hey, I, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm imitating and Kathleen that would ex- Turner that would explain, from Body Heat. And that would explain the lace, right? Uh, yeah, but I don't know why you wore it. You don't look that good in it. But thank you. <laughs> no. Anyway, okay, uh, I have uh, just a couple ideas this week. Um, as, well, why don't you start with Genesco since you were talking? Well, about Genesco, the shoe I thing just first. was going to comment. You, you, you know, you know, brought it all up. I mean, the shoe industry historically had to provide a lot of sizes to a store, and brand was less important. Now, uh, what about that, the factor of needing to try this stuff on to be comfortable that you're getting the right? Well, to I've been the same size for 35 years, so... Yeah, but don't you find that it varies shoe to shoe? I don't. Oh, I no. do. Well, perhaps you wouldn't be a candidate then for an internet purchase. Maybe my feet aren't <laughs> consistently the same size. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it could be. <laughs> I, I don't. I can't explain that. Okay. But uh, the point is, what that will, you'll need less people going into the store. Not that everybody won't go into the store. But when you have, I mean, Genesco has 1,700 retail stores in a world where there's an internet. It's just... That's more than 30 per state on average. I know. And uh, they have a lot of brands, a few of which are really noteworthy, except this Johnston and Murphy. And I was just going to point that out. It's at 79% of the S&P 500 multiple, but guess what? It is every year. I mean, that's how it is. So. Uh, and I knew you were doing Timberland, and this was a good comparison because this is the old model that doesn't work. Timberland looks is, statistically cheaper, but, right, um, but I mean for a good reason. That was my view. Anyway, yeah. uh, I I'm just going in order, page order, and this week uh, I came up with a little something I owned many years ago, actually 20 or so years ago, and sold it. And judging by the chart, I'm glad I did. This is Unify. <laughs> Ticker UFI, page 1663. And uh, what they are is, uh, according to Value Line, diversified texturizer of multi-filament polyester and nylon yarns. Well, I know what they used to do. What is that in English? They used to take plastic bottles and uh, melt them and turn them into uh, fiber and sell them at a price that was less than the people making it out of barrels of oil or something like that. Time out. We forgot the beverage. Oh, yeah. Good. I need one. I'm... My beverage of choice is tea this week. Hot tea. Yeah. Green tea. Here's to you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Mm. That's delicious. So, Unify, they've had a bad 10 years. You know, the stock was at 32. Now it's, it's an amazing chart. 2.77, so it's a little bit on sale. Uh, they're in a dying industry, of course. Are All the kidding? fiber fabric <laughs> manufacturing is going over to China. And, uh, you know, their peak uh, earnings were... Uh, Per, or sales per share were in 1997 at $28 a share. Now they were at uh, 14 So things are under pressure. How many years ago was that? About that was 10? about 10 years ago, yeah. So, okay, so we uh, we're in a period of growth rate. In a period of <laughs> steep decline. The reason I'm talking about it now is that uh, right now, 87% of their business is U.S. I think they're moving towards some niche uh, you know, customers. Not every 
piece of cloth is going to come from China. Um, and, you know, we do have a lot of plastic bottles over here. So shipping them to China, turning them into fabric and sending them back is not going to happen. They're going to have their little niche and they've consolidated. Um, and they're having a lot of trouble right now because of raw material costs and uh, energy to make the stuff, etc. Oil. Oil. Plastic. They don't make everything out of new, old plastics. They use some new. So yeah. costs have been going up. Yeah, you have to make some but virgin material. They have an operating margin around 8%. Which, uh, with 700 million in sales, gives them 56 million in operating income. They have interest of 24 million. So while Value Line saying interest isn't earned, uh, that's because they're subtracting 50 million in depreciation, which is you know not real cash. Everybody. So on a cash flow basis, they're covering their interest. It's four times. It's three times gross cash flow, which is my main reason for liking it it's four times free cash flow that's 25 percent cash on cash returns and uh now they are uh, not risk adjusted of course well i mean risk adjusted well, it is, I mean, in a sense. they're earning their anyway, uh, they're ahead. earning their interest uh and they're about to uh make an acquisition so they're they're using mm. 45 million in cash i know they only have 29 million so uh there's Hopefully more cash than what they're using here, and they're going to issue another, you know, maybe eight million shares or so to to buy this. But that should give them some price stability. In any case, <coughs> excuse me, uh, they are uh, moving toward a period of lower raw material costs, consolidating the industry, reducing manufacturing costs, and at four times free cash flow, it looks like a little bit of an opportunity. Who they owns it now? Uh, you've got some good owners in here. First, officers and directors own 11%. I like to see that. And Dimensional Fund, which is, uh, you know, these, uh, these, these guys that come out of academia, but who add in a little value, Ben. If you read Dimensional Fund's sort of 10 things they look at, it'd be the same things we look at, Vern. They're a great little company uh, and doing great. I think best performing fund over the last 10 years, a group of funds. Yeah. Uh, Unify is also, uh, you know, now very slowly moving into China, so they are on a path to reduce uh, their manufacturing costs. Well, and, if that kind of pressure on their business for a decade, there can't be anybody in the world that's better at what they do than they do it, so they'll go over there and do it, right? Yeah, they, that's what they're doing. Now, they have lost money for seven years in a row, but again, that's uh, after deducting non-cash non depreciation. Expenses. So Unify, UFI, four times free cash flow, page 1663. Risky I like it. Risky but hot. Uh, I don't know that it's risky, but yeah, maybe a little. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, next one, Dollar General, uh, DG, page 1681. Let's take a sip of tea here, everybody. Yeah, go ahead. Now, this is, uh, uh, this, is uh, the, uh, this falls in a group with uh, typically people consider these with Dollar Tree and Family Dollar. Well, and it's big the lots. Uh, discount retailers. Really discount. And, you know, these Didn't guys. They make it at Walmart. They, it now shows up over here, right? Well, they're a smaller footprint. They're in more rural areas. They really are a distribution network for getting basics to uh, lower income, you know, consumers. And they've done that exceedingly well. They've earned a return on capital in the mid-teens with occasional jumps into the 20s. Wow. Uh, they have uh, modest debt, 20% debt to cap, return on equity in the 20s generally. Now, they've had a very tough period for a couple reasons. Um First, you were hit with Katrina last year, and that's right in the bread box of their you know, home turf. So a lot of disruption to business, closed stores, 
and that made comparisons tough for the last year because they're dealing with less stores and displaced people. Customers. Um, and uh, and then in addition to that, you had high, very high gasoline prices, which uh, for their customer base took a big chunk of discretionary spending out. So they had a tough time. In addition, they made a few uh, bad choices. They started to promote uh, some low-end uh, brands in flyers. They took on some extra SG&A costs. Uh, they do operate pretty effectively under the Walmart price umbrella. They do not get beat by Walmart on price, uh, but just the nature of the business, they do get beat by Walmart a little bit on cost, and so their margin's a little bit lower, but it's offset by smaller stores, higher turnover, lower cost of real estate, so they actually can generate a return on capital <coughs> that's still quite respectable. Uh, they're gaining share, the whole sector is, but not this year because of these problems. And the stock is trading at among the lowest relative multiples it's ever traded at, a 12% discount to the S&P 500. Uh, it, they don't do an enterprise value to EBITDA here, but it's trading at about five or six times enterprise value to EBITDA. And they're, uh, you know, they're slowing their store growth, which Wall Street doesn't like so much. So it's under pressure because of negative, you know, viewpoints by the street. But when you slow unit growth into something like this, it means you're actually accelerating your cash flow growth because now you're not spending money on stores and inventory and things like that, and you're able to pay down debt and throw off cash flow. Is there a bunch of debt there? Well, they have 23% debt to okay. cap. There's well, they have some that they can pay 280. Off. They have been slowly paying down debt. That's their go-to thing with uh, cash. <coughs> and they also buy stocks, so they've been doing that. Um, cash flow per share. You know, buck sixty this year, a buck eighty next year. Stock at fourteen, and uh, you know, I think it's a pretty good buy. Low prices, good value, not going out of style. It's an opportunity to buy it due to some dislocations, cash prices, and Katrina. I'd step in right now and buy Dollar General, page sixteen eighty one. Hmm. Timberland's okay. buying stock back too. I didn't realize. <coughs> yes, they are. wasn't uh, wasn't specifically mentioned by Value Line. I just see that they've got a declining. I share think they base. have an ongoing. Uh, Buyback program at yeah. Timberland. Very yeah, well. Wolverine may have one too. Looks smaller, but anyway. Sorry. Now the last one I want to talk about. I almost talked about Fred's, but really Dollar General trumps Fred's. They basically grow the size of Fred's every year. I don't think Fred's can compete on just overall cost structure because of their size. I mean, they I run a nice business, but uh, costs went out in the discount retailing area. Um, the last one I want to talk about. I almost didn't. This is one I actually used to cover pretty well. I haven't looked at it carefully in a while. Williams Sonoma WSM trades uh, on the uh, you know New York. It's on page seventeen seventy two. Market multiple is kind of a come down for this stock, isn't well, it? Well, stock is at a discount multiple to the S and P five hundred, and this rarely happens. Now we've we've talked about this space before. Home furnishings has been under pressure in the market as a group, which includes Restoration Hardware, Bombay, Pier One. Uh, Ethan Ooh, Allen yeah, for quite some, some those, time. Some of them have got serious problems because well, of that. Well, the, the problem on the low end is Target knows how to go to the same factories that make stuff for Pier 1 and Bombay and Cost just say, plus, yeah. uh, hey, I'll have some of that. And so Pier 1's had some trouble. Bombay's had a lot of trouble, too high of uh, a real estate expense for the value add in the product line. But Williams Sonoma is uh, at the very high end. They're probably the you know edge of the envelope in terms of logistics efficiency. They're really two companies. They're a design company of good, tasteful 
you know, furnishings for your home. They do Pottery Barn, of course, and also the Williams Sonoma cooking stores. I think we might stores. have one or two Williams and Sonoma furnishings in our. Yeah, I mean, everybody probably does, and so they are uh, purveyors of taste and fashion and style. But then they also have one of the best and most efficient logistic networks in the nation for consumer goods because they about half their business is mail order, and they do that very well. Direct marketing, finding the cons mm -hmm. consumer, getting it to the consumer, and so right now I'd say the stock is down for a couple reasons. The space has been weak. A lot of money has been going into home down payments and not new furniture. That could be turning around with the pressure on housing. Um, but uh, you also have, you know, I think a problem with Williams-Sonoma this year just in style. And I think, you know, the streets taking this as some problem with Williams-Sonoma. <coughs> Every three or four years, they're just going to get the wrong color couch or the wrong size plate, you know, uh, that doesn't take away anything from their best-of-class logistics, uh, you know, structure, and yet the street sometimes looks at these uh, style shortfalls as some type of annuity, and that's when you got to sweep in and buy this thing. Now, it goes without saying that at their size, they can't grow at the rates they used to grow, uh, but uh, according to Value Line, they're still going to put up 16% book value growth, 13% earnings growth, uh, and that's with a discount multiple return on capital returns on capital running them, you know, mid to upper teens. They have no debt and they sell right now, you know, again, a little higher than I'd like. I like 10 times cash flow. They're selling at 11 times cash flow. That's the cheapest thing this thing's ever been. Now, I might just do one thing with this, and that is I think they have the wrong styles right now. Comps are bad and where I don't normally care about comps, comps are telling me right now that what's in their store you know, people don't like. Now, Christmas is coming up, Ooh. and I suspect they're, you know, nothing about the economy. The economy's great. Unemployment is record lows. Consumers are, you know, have more money than they've had in the history well, of the planet. That's what they're saying the Fed's worried about. But now consumer. Um, well, there's no need to worry. You see a record low unemployment rate, record high wages per hour. No, I mean worried that uh, that uh, all of the operating at full employment now with uh, finally some growth in uh, Real wages and benefits starting to show. Really, wages starting to show up, kind of on time as it normally would. Yeah, you know, three, four years into an economic recovery. Anyway, go ahead. Well, I just think that uh, I'd probably wait on this one. That's all, because uh, it looks to me like, from what I've heard, they're gonna, you know, the stuff people just don't like the color of their couch or whatever. So at Christmas, all the ads in the world aren't gonna make you buy, you know, an orange couch. Not that I have no idea what they're selling actually, but. What I'm hearing is their styles aren't connecting. So this thing's going to go on sale, and we revisit this every three months. I just want to get back to it. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm almost buying William Sonoma here, but I'm saying, but then don't. So back away. Might get cheaper off yeah. of week comps Not, in the Christmas season. And normally I wouldn't try to be a timer. This isn't market timing, ladies and gentlemen. What it is is the styles aren't working, and they're not going to work at Christmas. So Restoration hardware, on the other out. hand has styles that are working, I think you can buy that stock right now. But William Sonoma paid seventeen seventy two. I'd wait. I like uh, Dollar General a lot here. And then I take a little flyer on Unify, uh, page sixteen sixty three, take a look at it. And that's all I have this week. Uh, Vern, this has been Val Hughes. And this has been Vern Value with the you know, call me the shoe guy. Thanks for listening in. I don't think I, was I a mentioned shoe salesman today. You anyway. were? Yeah. What Everyone size do I have? What um, size? You look like about an 11 to me. Yeah, thank you. I am. Huh. Uh, but anyway, uh, check us out on our website, 
www.thevalueguys.com where you can read more about us and maybe learn a clue or two about our secret identities. But if you're sitting next to a sick guy on the bus and it's Monday, you know, that could be me. Okay, so thanks for listening in, everybody. See you next week.